Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers with your host, Peggy Smedley. This is ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. We have a great show in store for you today. We're going to be looking at predictions for 2018. But first, I want to remind you to subscribe to our 365 e-newsletter. This can help you stay up to date on the technologies and trends impacting construction. You can do that by visiting conexpoconag.com subscribe. And there's a lot of great information up there if you haven't gone up there. But now let's dive into the topic of today. And it's really important. 2017 has been a big year for the construction industry. We kicked off the year with the ConExpo, ConAg, and the market has certainly picked up From the start of the year, the surge of such natural disasters as hurricanes, floods, and wildfires across the country have resulted in an almost unprecedented boost, if you can think about it, in employment in the construction sector. And now it is December and time to look to the year ahead. On today's show, we're going to look at 2018 and identify trends for labor, infrastructure funding, and give an overall forecast about what you can expect, I think, in the next 12 months. Now, we all recognize it's very difficult, I think, to predict any future outcomes. But the good news is that I have an expert, I think, on the show to help me look at all these trends with, I think, a much sharper eye. In fact, he has studied this market for many decades and understands better than most kind of the ebbs and flows And that is why he is a staunch advocate for construction professionals. Our guest today is an economist with more than 45 years of experience analyzing, advocating, and I think communicating about economics and tax issues. Please join me in welcoming Ken Simonson, who is the Chief Economist for the Associated General Contractors of America. Ken, welcome to the show. Thanks, Peggy. Good to be with you. So, Ken, it's really an interesting time right now. I think what I'd like to do is look from this high level. I always like to say this 30,000-foot level at construction as a whole. And I'm curious because you've been doing this for such a long time, and most people don't have the perspective that you do. And, And what do you see happening, kind of looking back, now looking forward? Because the industry is in a very interesting tipping point, I think, looking at 2018. You're right that uh, construction had the longest and deepest uh, decline of any sector uh, during the recession. It really started uh, back in early 2006. Construction spending, as measured by the Census Bureau each month, topped out in February of 2006, and employment followed suit soon after in April of 2006. They both declined until the beginning of 2011, and uh, now we've had uh, almost seven years of growth, and yet construction spending is uh, barely back to the level that it set in early 2006, and that doesn't take into account inflation. Now, fortunately, we've been in an era of very low inflation, but nevertheless, it has happened. So I think uh, if we could apply a uniform inflation measure, which is pretty hard to do when you're talking about things as diverse as home improvements and highways and uh, massive uh, pipelines or power plants, uh, uh, the best way probably to see 
where we are is uh, looking at the employment figures because uh, while there has been some productivity improvement, it still takes a certain number of workers to put up uh, any one of those structures. Uh, construction employment dropped by 30%, 2.3 million people from 2006 to 2011. And it's been climbing steadily since then, but uh, at a much slower rate than it fell. So construction employment is still about 10% below peak. Looking forward uh, into 2018, uh, I do think we will continue uh, a pattern of uh, slow and somewhat uneven growth, but it will be growth. But let's talk about those numbers. So somebody listening right now would say 2.3 million drop, you know, that 10% that you're talking about. That's pretty staggering since we really talk about we now have this workforce shortage that we've talked about for so long. And construction companies are, I don't want to say are pushing the panic button, but we're right there. I mean, we're very concerned about how do we find the right skilled labor to adjust for that decline in that fear that how do we find the right people to do the jobs when we talk about we're now getting to some growth? You're right. This is the biggest challenge facing contractors this year, as it has been for a couple of years. Interestingly, the industry is hiring a lot of workers. Construction employment has been rising at a rate of 25 or 3% a year uh, throughout 2017. That's about double the rate of growth for the overall economy. Uh, but uh, at the same time, contractors say they're not getting the workers that they want. And uh, a series from the Bureau of Labor Statistics shows that uh, job openings at the end of each month are running at decade-long highs or sometimes uh, the highest ever in the series. Um, so uh, I think what's happening is that contractors are being are able to attract workers who haven't previously worked in construction or perhaps haven't worked at all, uh, but they're certainly having to spend more time advertising for workers, more time training them, and uh, then paying more overtime uh, for uh, the experienced workers that they do have so they can complete the jobs on time or so they can train the newbies. And, and that training part of it is because the other part of this is we're not seeing enough of these newbies wanting to get into the trades. And and that's part of the challenge. It's not just being able to find them. It's being able to find the people that want to do the traditional jobs, plumbers, tile, you know, all those traditional trades that we have, engineering, things that we want. How are we, how do we find those right people for those positions, those traditional trade jobs? Companies really have to get uh, creative. They have to uh, get more engaged with uh, school districts, with uh, local community colleges and uh, local or state uh, workforce development agencies. Uh, they certainly have to uh, reach out to uh, groups who historically have not provided uh, as much of the workforce, uh, specifically women, some minority groups, depending which part of the country they're in and, uh, uh, frankly, uh, do a better job of uh, keeping people in the industry once they uh, try it out. Now, I think uh, contractors do have a compelling message that this is no longer, uh, if it ever was, uh, the, the uh, back-breaking uh, dead-end jobs that uh, people imagined it was, that uh, 
workers in the construction industry really do get to play with uh, cool toys, uh, whether it's uh, drones or GPS or laser-guided equipment, um, experimenting now with robots, with uh, mixed-reality goggles that uh, teach people uh, skills in a much shorter time, uh, 3D printing, uh, the, the list goes on and on. Of course, building information modeling. And, and that's an interesting point because the hourly earnings continue to rise as well when you find these quality workers. And I think that's something to say because your numbers show that construction employment in 41 states between October of 2016 and October of 2017 really was booming. So I think if you're saying that, you're getting to play with these high-tech toys that you talk about, AR and VR and drones. You know, today's construction worker is completely different than what we saw 10 years ago, let alone five years ago, let alone what it's going to be like in 2018 on the job site. What kind of man-machine kind of toys we're going to have on the job site. That, that's right. I think the industry and the supplier industries are uh, just now at the cusp of uh, figuring out how to uh, make use of the so-called Internet of Things, to uh, make use of the miniaturization of uh, new materials and techniques for doing construction. And this is going to keep uh, work uh, interesting and uh, job tasks uh, evolving. I think that we will see uh, ever greater safety. We may see uh, more of the uh, assembly of buildings uh, and uh, bridges, for that matter, uh, moving off-site so that um, what you see on-site is uh, really assembly and not uh, piece-by-piece so-called stick-built construction. Uh, So there are a lot of directions that uh, construction may change uh, in the next few years, and this um, has a lot of implications for the workforce. Uh, In some respects, uh, you're going to need uh, new skills, certainly to uh, make full, uh, take full advantage of things like building information modeling. Um, Workers need computer skills or at least uh, familiarity uh, with systems that uh, you never needed when you were just uh, picking up a power tool and uh, push the button to start it or to stop it. Um, uh, it also, however, means that uh, pure physical skills may not be needed so much, and that can uh, create opportunity for people who would have passed up construction. And the fact that uh, the job uh, and the tasks keep evolving, I think, uh, means that there's much more chance for progression uh, than perhaps there had been for entry-level workers a few years ago. And we're seeing things like exoskeletons, like you said, helping out at the job site. So that physical labor, that tiring, and those machines that we have are, are assisting. So it's not so exhausting physical tiring when you go home at night. Those are the things that you're referring to, I, I would suspect. That's right. Uh, it's not just that it's less tiring, but it's actually safer. And uh, fortunately, uh, the fatality rate uh, in construction has uh, dropped markedly over the decades. And uh, I think uh, many of these systems will uh, mean that uh, workers are at less risk, both of um, getting uh, exhausted, uh, of uh, incurring uh, muscle injuries, or just being uh, put in places that uh, may be hazardous. So, uh, for instance, the use of drones can substitute uh, for sending workers into uh, hard-to-reach locations. 
in those remote areas that we talk about that we would have to visually look at. Now we can use drones to go to those tough terrains that we couldn't do before. And that's really going to ease up. And, and, and safety is so much different now for those very reasons. Let's talk about that because, you know, taking that crystal ball, I mean, different sectors now that you talk about residential, private, non-residential, public construction. I think we're really talking about there's a lot of different things, I think, that will kind of bear the technology, bear the use of solutions that we have on the on the job site or in the field, so to speak, that workers are going to be able to adapt to and use things differently from manufacturing to telematics. So do you see the use of these solutions opening up the doors for new opportunities and workers to be able to expand and really grow and construction companies being able to leverage a new form of worker at the job site than ever before. Yes, there is clearly the opportunity for people who would not have uh, had the right skill set for construction uh, to get into the business. Uh, And uh, I do think that uh, many of these advances will make uh, job sites safer. Uh, They will make uh, the actual construction on-site go more quickly. For instance, when you can lift an entire uh, room or at least a wall into place rather than having uh, successive crews uh, working on it, uh, that can go much more quickly and you can have uh, fewer people who are uh, at risk from uh, working at heights and so forth. Um, I think also uh, you can get uh, higher quality control in some cases uh, by building things off-site, uh, undercover, uh, under standardized conditions. And uh, that can mean uh, both uh, quicker con- uh, installation or construction, uh, less rework, and also, again, a different skill set. So people who are working uh, inside an enclosed space, uh, such as a factory, uh, may be able to do things that they would not be able to do if they had to climb the the skeleton of a structure under construction. Are we going to see, you know, at the intro, I talked a little bit about, you know, we have some of the hurricane recovery work might be boosted by employment levels slightly, you know, so we might have more masonry work or plumbers or electricians, different kinds of things, you know, just because of these kind of natural disasters, do you think we're going to have increased construction based on some of that in parts of the country because of what we've seen from some of these natural disasters or what you've, you've indicated 41 states have seen a boost or in, and, and then there were 26 states just between September and October. But are those natural disasters actually also contributing to this increase that I mentioned at the, at the, at the opening of, of our discussion? Uh, fortunately, that seems to uh, have uh, had little impact so far. Just before we started this interview, I was talking to someone in the Houston area who uh, was telling me that uh, there seemed to be uh, very little damage to non-residential structures there. Now, it's a very different story uh, with uh, homes. We had uh, thousands of homes, tens of thousands even, uh, that were uh, ruined or at least heavily damaged, uh, both uh, in Texas, in Florida, and in California uh, from the wildfires. So I think uh, that piece of construction will take a long time to uh, catch up. Uh, but in terms of the non-residential building construction infrastructure and uh, multifamily, 
Um, I don't think that uh, we're seeing as much impact as people feared we would from these uh, natural disasters this year. Now, Puerto Rico, of course, is an entirely different story and uh, a much uh, harder case. But uh, in terms of mainland U.S., the uh, growth in employment has been coming from uh, steady demand uh, from uh, many sectors. And uh, uh, maybe this is a good time to, to talk about the outlook for some of those for uh, 2018. Let's talk about that because one of the things that we all know, um, infrastructure and things like that, you know, we got, we ended up seeing the ASCE's grade of the infrastructure was uh, a D minus and we know we have to do a lot of investing there. What's your outlook on some of that in the coming year? Well, I, I think, uh, the market is going to continue to evolve in 2018. We are close to finishing 2017 as we do this interview, and uh, so far we have uh, Census Bureau figures uh, on spending uh, through September. Uh, those uh, look as if we're going to wind up with total construction spending rising somewhere between 3 and 5% this year. That's a little weaker than in 2016 when spending was up 6%. For 2018, I think total spending will be up uh, somewhere around that uh, same range. Uh, but uh, the market is continuing to evolve. For instance, multifamily uh, construction spending has been slowing down throughout the year, while single-family has uh, shown some pep. And uh, I think by next year, multifamily is likely to be flat, uh, with single-family uh, rising at uh, high single-digit rates. On the private non-residential markets, we had a definite slowdown. We had a huge drop in manufacturing construction this year and uh, pretty sluggish results on power construction, which is actually the biggest category uh, the way census defines things. Uh, power includes not just all forms of electricity uh, generation, transmission, and distribution, but also uh, oil field uh, construction and pipelines. And in 2018, I think we'll see uh, good growth in uh, natural gas pipelines, in natural gas-fired power plants, and also in uh, wind and solar projects, which have been a strong niche market for a while. Uh, as for manufacturing, I think that the steep decline is going to end, and by the end of the year, we'll see a pickup in some energy-related projects, such as uh, ethane crackers, petrochemical plants, uh, maybe another natural gas liquefaction uh, train and uh, export terminal, and also some transportation uh, equipment, particularly uh, electric vehicles and uh, things like uh, batteries or uh, the uh, uh, com computers and communications processing devices uh, associated with autonomous cars. Um, in uh, so-called commercial segments, uh, I think we're headed for a flattening out of uh, hotel construction, which has been very strong. Uh, warehouse construction has been uh, extremely strong, and that looks like it will continue through 2018. Uh, office construction has also been very strong. I think that's going to uh, continue to grow, but not at quite as uh, strong a clip as uh, previously. Uh, retail and healthcare have been pretty flat, and I don't see much improvement ahead for those. Um, turning to the public side, uh, we've actually had a small decline in 2016 that worsened through the first nine months of 2017. 
Uh, in 2018, I think it's likely to flatten out, uh, may have small growth, uh, but it's going to be limited to a few portions. Uh, public schools, K through 12 schools, uh, we're seeing more bond issues passed and, and uh, more school districts benefiting from the rise in house prices and commercial property prices. Uh, so they are undertaking more construction. Uh, there's also a lot of airport construction happening around the country. Uh, but other kinds of public construction uh, still holding pretty flat. Now, of course, there are also some policy uh, changes could make a difference. Uh, tax policy, uh, trade policy, immigration policy, all of those could uh, affect the outlook. Uh, but for now, these are my guesses as to where we'll see the, the strengths and weaknesses in 2018. Does a lot of that have to do with the burgeoning idea of what the Internet of Things, blockchain, all these other terms that we see that are coming into play that technology companies are, are bringing to bear on the market and what we see with what will affect construction? Well, I think that th- that will be a more gradual process. Um, certainly, we have already seen it in the shift from retail construction uh, to warehouse and distribution facilities. Uh, you had the massive uh, one million square foot or even bigger distribution centers uh, out at the junction of interstates or other uh, places where there was uh, good uh, transportation connections. Now we're getting so-called click and collect points where people can order something online in the morning maybe from their office and get it delivered to the office or home that same day. Or they can go to uh, a place that uh, is both a pickup point and perhaps uh, has a showroom or a small amount of retail associated with it. Um, so I think uh, that will definitely be a, a strong growth niche. Uh, the broader Internet of Things notion, well, certainly, as I mentioned, that's affecting uh, vehicle and parts and components construction. Uh, you had the massive uh, battery plant that uh, is being built outside of Reno. That's expected to finish up in 2018. Um, you've had uh, some automakers announce that they were also going to invest uh, in batteries uh, and uh, sensing, monitoring, processing devices to go into uh, autonomous or semi-autonomous vehicles. Uh, so I do think that we're uh, continuing to see the market uh, drawn along by uh, this Internet of Things. Um, but uh, in terms of the actual types of construction, uh, not a great deal yet. It will be incremental, I think. And when I we would say, at- though, that uh, one niche that I didn't mention that's uh, uh, certainly related to uh, Internet demand, the ever-growing use of the Internet, whether it's for, for things or uh, communication or uh, entertainment, data centers have been a very hot market for several years, and every indication is they'll continue to be springing up all over the country in 2018. As more companies kind of go and push it to the edge, but not quite want to go to the cloud, so they want to kind of keep more of that information a little bit closer with those data centers. Well, they'll be both uh, proprietary, that is, single-user data centers, and uh, merchant data centers where uh, various companies will uh, lease space within the, uh, the building. And, um, so, uh, the, the biggest example of that, I guess, is Amazon World Service, where, uh, you have, uh, lots of companies using Amazon or using Microsoft, uh, to host their own websites. So you're basically kind of predicting this mild 2018 with growth, but some sectors might be, might be mildly strong. 
yeah, I don't know, strong, but positive in, in some sense. So looking at your forecast overall, is there something, some advice you would give the construction industry right now to say, hey, if you're a contractor or construction company right now, these are the things you might want to take into consideration when looking ahead for 2018? I think con- any contractor uh, needs to uh, try to stay on top of uh, the evolving technologies there and uh, uh, try to look uh, more widely for uh, workforce. So uh, definitely uh, get familiar with things like uh, BIM with the uh, autonomous um, equipment that uh, is coming to the market. That uh, may mean uh, robotic bricklaying equipment. It may mean 3D printers for uh, dangerous or hard-to-reach places. Uh, it may mean the exoskeletons that we talked about for lifting. It may mean uh, the mixed or virtual reality devices to to help uh, with training and visualization. Um, and uh, so uh, I think uh, companies really have to up their game in terms of uh, the sophistication of their leadership, uh, awareness of uh, market trends outside of construction as well as uh, evolving equipment and uh, workforce needs. Well, Ken, we are out of time, but I want to thank you, you know, the Chief Economist from the Associate General Contractors of America. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Glad to do it. All right. Well, there are some big opportunities for the construction industry, as you just heard in 2018. And I think what you have here is understanding how the market is shifting is truly essential. So hopefully on this show, we gave you some insight into where the industry is headed for 2018, or at the very least, something to ponder. So uh, that's all the time we have for today. And if you want to stay up to date on all of these technologies, all of these trends, you know, impacting the construction industry, I really encourage you to subscribe to the 365 e-newsletter. You can do that by visiting conexpoconag.com slash subscribe. And we want to thank you again for joining us today as uh, we take all this great information. We want you to look for the construction industry and everything else we do in 2018. Again, thank you for joining ConExpo ConAg Radio. It's brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers.